Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, episode 233, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. I'm your host, Jared White. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dominic Orlando. And thankfully, we both now, along with the rest of us, live in a world where Jim Harbaugh has beat Ohio State. That's the world we live in now. Feels good. You get a bit of happiness this weekend. I got to see my Bears one on Thanksgiving, unfortunately against your team. We both get a little happiness coming off of Thanksgiving weekend, in addition to, obviously, the great food we ate. Well, I assume you ate. I ate some great food. I'm assuming you did, too. I did as yeah. well. Very good food. Yeah. Also, I want to say up the top, there's this weird hot take that went around this year of, like, oh, turkey is the worst part of Thanksgiving. I'm just going to say it. If you think that turkey is the worst part of Thanksgiving, then you probably have never been around anybody who knows how to actually cook a turkey. I'm sorry. You know, all of these takes are like, it's too dry, this or that. It's nothing without turkey gravy, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, no, no shot. For me personally, I think the worst dish of Thanksgiving is uh, yams. I'm not a big yams guy, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to stand on the table and say, like, yams are awful because obviously I know I'm likely in the minority on that take. Um, but cranberry sauce is probably the universal one that should be at the bottom. I actually like cranberry sauce, but I, that's an easy dish to screw up, right? It's like the fruitcake of Thanksgiving. I totally and get it, that, but it, it complements the other foods well. I think, even though I don't really like cranberry sauce, it's a pellet right? cleanser. It cuts exactly. through everything. Yeah, I'll give it to I'll give it to the vegans and vegetarians that if they say turkey's the worst. I think yeah, sure, that's fair. Okay, up at the top, since we're not covering news this week, and we're going over the game awards predictions and who we think is going to win. Top three Thanksgiving foods. I'll go first. First up, I'm going to say stuffing is number one for me. Stuffing has to be number one. I love stuffing. Number two is going to be, and this is more specific to me in my region and my growing up, is uh, mashed potatoes with red chili. The red chili my mom makes for our mashed potatoes has, uh, she cuts up pork, uh, different types of pork meat, usually either a pork chop or some other type of uh, pork steak, cuts that up and puts it in the red chili. Obviously, I'm part Hispanic, so it's part of our you know, culture. And Thanksgiving growing up, it's always... You had the red chili for your mashed potatoes, or you had the turkey gravy, or both, or whatever you wanted to do. Hmm. That's number two. And three for me is turkey, but it's kind of a cop-out, because it's turkey plus whatever I want to dip it in, which is either the red chili that I get, or the turkey gravy. Uh, so it's a little combo there. And uh, honorable mention is my mom's green bean casserole, which you can't have a Thanksgiving without green bean casserole. Uh, and she kills it with that, too. Um, yeah, I love Thanksgiving. What's your top three? I'm pretty similar. I mean... I, I, I stuffing is always the best. I don't know what it is because um, it's different too. You know, you go to different relatives and like whoever brought the stuffing or whatever, it's always a little bit different, but it's always good. Um, something bought it. And then after that, this is cheating, but I'm going to, I'm going to combine the turkey and mashed potatoes. Okay. And uh, my, my excuse being that like they sit next to each other. I pour the gravy all over both of them and they get all, you know, the potatoes get all over the turkey, and I kind of, sometimes I'll even dip the turkey in the potatoes a little bit. You know? Oh, for yeah. sure, yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> Just kind of, like, let it all be a big melting pot of deliciousness. But the other reason is because I need to fit in a third a space for the third spot for pumpkin pie. I'm a big sweet tooth guy, so I got to have that pumpkin pie. Yeah, pumpkin pie is a very good call. Um, an interesting thing is I didn't grow up with uh, mac and cheese as part of Thanksgiving, now, I'll never deny mac and cheese. I love mac and cheese in any form. Just give me mac and cheese whenever. But that just wasn't part of our staple of dishes. Was it for you? Mac and cheese part of the Thanksgiving round table? Not growing up, but the past couple of years, um, it started to come around all the time. Um, we made our own food, too, and it included mac and cheese, like you know, good mac and cheese that my wife made in a crock pot. It was good. Man, I'll never deny an opportunity to eat mac and cheese. So mm-hmm. I might put that into our rotation as well. Just so much good food. Spending time with family, obviously, that can get a little complicated depending on how your family is. Uh, thankfully, my family is a little bit smaller, so we don't have to worry too much about the awkwardness of those uh, dinner table discussions. But yeah, shout out to Thanksgiving. I know you know people love Halloween and people love Christmas, and I do think a lot of other parts of the world tend to like Christmas more than well, obviously they can't like Thanksgiving because they don't celebrate it. But with us, we kind of get that Thanksgiving meal twice with christmas so it's kind of isn't as strong with christmas right it's more about the presence and the the vibe of christmas whereas in other countries and other parts of the world they kind of go a little bit harder on the christmas meal because they don't have a thanksgiving right a little bit different there but god i love thanksgiving anyways like i said before we're going to be going over the game awards nominations for 10 categories 
that I feel that Dom and I can best talk about. Obviously, there's plenty of other categories, including esports stuff. But I wanted to pluck out the 10 categories where we would have at least a little bit something to say. The way it's going to work is we're going to go through. We're going to predict who we think is going to win. So not necessarily who we want to win. But if we have a dog in the fight in that category and we want to speak up for it and why we think it should win, you can say it at that point too. But this is more so we're not predicting who we want to win. We're predicting who we think is going to win. And then at the end of that, we're going to give three predictions for games we hope to see and plan to see. And uh, yeah, it's you know a little game we're doing here at the end of the year. Figured we'd go out on a chill note to end the year with a couple of episodes. And this one's for the Game Awards. So uh, before we get started, um, I wanted to mention, man, did uh, Death Story get a bad, bad... Uh, it just... I'm really upset at how little it was nominated for a lot of these categories. Um, it's a bummer. It's a real bummer. I don't know. I, I don't know if I have much else to add there. I'm I think the you. only category it's in is best independent game. Uh, like it wasn't in art direction. It wasn't in uh, uh, soundtrack like audio. Big bummer, man. I think that's one of the big misses of this year's game awards is Death Store not getting the. It's a do justice in my opinion. Nothing yeah. I'm with you on that. A lot of people were bummed about Returnal. I know I didn't. I haven't even gotten around to playing it yet. But um, yeah, this was a good year for snubs. Unfortunately, it seems like uh, a lot of people, one way or another, not not feeling some of the overall Cody choices, especially. But I'm sure, we'll get into it. Yeah, I'm the other big bummer for me is I'm really surprised somebody from Psychonauts two didn't get into the performance category because I thought a lot of the performances in that game were really good. Um, obviously the safe bet would be to nominate Jack Black, right? Cause he plays a part in that game, but he, he's a fine in that game. But he's not the best part. Like the voice actor for Raz or someone else, I think would have been a good inclusion there. But once again, I can't complain because Psychonauts 2 got a lot of nominations, uh, including game of the year, which I was hoping it would. And I'm thankful for, so beggars can't be choosers on that end. Um, yeah, but let's get into these nomination predictions in terms of who we think is going to win. First up <clears throat> best role-playing game. Dom and I, we've played our fair share of role-playing games over the years. Um, you know, some of these nominations, I don't think either of us have any experience in either of these nominations, uh, and they are Cyberpunk 2077, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei V, and Tales of Arise. Now, I would have hopped into Cyberpunk 2077 this year if they didn't delay that uh, next-gen update that's supposedly coming next uh, quarter. I think Q1 2022, right, or Q2. Yeah, um, yeah. Scarlet Nexus, not really my vibe. Shin Megami Tensei Five, obviously, that's the Persona core series that Persona is a spinoff of. Tales of Arise Dom is one that I've heard a lot of good things about, and it's actually one that I've contemplated hopping into. I have a friend who's really big into the Tales series, and he's wanted me to get in for years. And it seems like this one, from what I've heard, is one of the more challenging and accessible ones in terms of new enter uh, entries into the series. Um, I guess for my, it's hard to sit here and say like, oh yeah, Cyberpunk 2077 is going to win with the amount of backlash it, it, it gets. Um, honestly, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I think Monster Hunter Rise is going to win because speaking of snubs, it's one of those games that a lot of people are mad wasn't in a lot more categories because a lot of people felt it's a very high quality game. It reviewed very well. Obviously it released earlier in the year and looking at the rest of this list, Obviously, you just talked about how Tales was well-reviewed, Shin Megami Tensei, Scarlet Nexus. I just think, in terms of voters, Monster Hunter Rise seems to have the, the largest group of people who have played it and weren't disappointed like they were with Cyberpunk. So that's where mine, my mind's kind of leaning with it. What do you think? <clears throat> yeah, I think here you either have Tales or, or Monster Hunter, and I'm split between which I think would win. I'm in a very similar boat as you. Um, where I've only, out of all these games, and actually it's just recently that I actually started playing Cyberpunk. And that means I'm also playing it on uh, PS5. So, uh, and it's working really well. And I'm really impressed with everything so far. Um, you can get into it more on a different day, because obviously there's a lot going on with that game. But um, if it was like, at this point, that's probably what I think might be. The, I, I haven't played the other games, but um, I think... I think we'll actually get Tails. It just feels a little bit more, I don't know, a little, leans into the RPG-ness a bit more than Monster Hunter. Um, 
if it were Monster Hunter World, this would be a different discussion. But I, I just think Tales actually takes it home. It got really great reviews, so that's where I think uh, this category is going to go. Yeah, and I mean, if that next-gen update would have hit this year, I probably would have been more confident in Cyberpunk 2077 in terms of like a turnaround. But just because it's got delayed once again, and though people are enjoying the game and having a good time with it, I do think that update is that like pivot point for it, right? Where people kind of are a little bit more uh, optimistic about it. And I don't think it's in the place right now where it should win in my opinion or, or, or I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing. Um, I, yeah. you do make a valid point that monster hunter rise is more niche than monster hunter world. I just generally though, monster hunter is a more popular and well-known series and tales, right? So I don't know. That one's going to be weird. Uh, I do. I do think there's a clear one that won't win. That's Scarlet Nexus. I think the other four, I could see them hosting the trophy for, which is cyberpunk monster hunter rise. Shimagami Tensei five and tales of rise. I just don't think Scarlet Nexus has a chance in this at all. Kind of yeah. just like the filler there. Uh, next up, best action adventure game. So the nominees are Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Psychonauts 2. Now this is a heavy hitter category. There's a lot yeah. here. Um, I have played Marvel's Guardians, I've played Resident Evil Village, and I've played Psychonauts 2. The only one I haven't finished is Resident Evil Village on this list. I mean, Guardians, I'm, we talked about before the show. I'm like an hour away from finishing it. Um, honestly, I think this would go... And any of these games can win, except for Psychonauts 2. I think in this category against all of these other games, I don't think it has a chance. Now, in my opinion, I think it's a better game than Resident Evil Village. But in terms of overall voters, I don't know if it'll get that. And even looking at this list, I don't even know if Resident Evil Village has a chance. Um, because... The way that game came out of the gate, people enjoyed it, but kind of have soured over the year uh, on that game. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, obviously beautiful as always. Metroid Dread is an interesting case because it reviewed very well and people liked it, but I saw a lot of people coming out of the woodwork that it wasn't accessible to new players into the franchise in general. Mm -hmm. It wasn't designed like a modern game. Um, I don't know. It, it had a lot more negatives to it than I would have anticipated for a game like Metroid Dread. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is a game I think a lot of people assumed and wanted to be a 7, and I think it's better than that in many ways. And um, I would probably say my heart, if I who I want to win is Sequinauts 2, but I really do think Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy has a really strong chance um, because out of all of these games, it was the biggest surprise positively. Not to say Ratchet & Clank wasn't a great game, Rift Apart, but I don't think it exceeded expectations because people already expect so much of insomniac and with metroid dread i do think there was a little bit of um pessimism towards the level design in the game and a lot, a lot of other aspects and with guardians i think it was mostly just surprise like wow this game plays a lot better than i thought the combat though it's not like innovative or necessarily fantastic it's not as weird or off-putting um the narrative i think is way stronger than anybody anticipated so I, my vote is I think Guardians of the Galaxy wins best action adventure. I, I think you're right. Um, it just feels like it's the most well-rounded, I guess, out of um, all these options. I think, like, I think I agree with all your points on some of the other games. Like Psychonauts is 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 going to be a hard pick for this category. Um, and then Resident Evil is yeah just a bit too mediocre. Um, as far as how like you know most of the critics and sites perceived it um and it also leans more into like you know the horror uh, the survival horror aspect of it same with psychonauts which leans more into the platforming aspect of it you know um still you know action adventure for sure but i do think guardians i, I think has the best shot here um maybe could see metroid dread too just because the people that do like it like really like it but then that brings me back to like Guardians being more well-rounded, where I could see more, more of the critics. Because um, I also try to keep in mind like the critic votes get the, you know, get the the heavier, the bulk of the weight as far weight, as who wins yeah. these awards, right? And so, and it also means it's not just the existing reviews that are out there; it's the other folks who work at those same sites all voting individually, right? Um, at least if they've played it. So I think that Guardians has the best chance here to get the most votes, just kind of based on that. Where even if, maybe if Dread is even 
um, you know, critically higher rate, higher rated overall. Uh, I think Guardians just, this is such a kind of a vague category that I think that helps out Guardians a bit. Yeah, and it's weird with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart because the game reviewed very well and most, almost everybody that played it thought it was great, but it kind of like, no one talked about it after release. Yeah. Like with most PlayStation exclusives, they kind of have a tale of people constantly talking about it and, you know, Ratchet and Clank hit that quality benchmark that we expect from a PlayStation exclusive, but for one reason or another, people just kind of stopped talking about it. And I don't know if that was partly Deathloop coming out, right? And kind of stealing the, away the conversation. I don't know. It's very weird. Yeah, I got that same vibe too. And the, the other thing to consider here when we're in this category is basically, I think all five of these games are also in the overall game of the year category, right? So you always have to wonder, are people going to give a vote here <laughs> yeah. for a game that they didn't vote? for overall game of the year, right? Kind of like a, not so much a sympathy, but like they wanted to win something. I don't know how many people actually do that or if that's even fair or not. That's in a whole discussion, but something to think about. Yeah, because there's always a counter uh, discussion to that of like, if it can't win its own category for its own quote unquote genre, because I know these are looser categories, then how is it game of the year, right? Which is always a weird mm -hmm. thing, you know? Uh, like how is a game not going to win indie independent game of the year, but be the best game of the year and it's an independent game? It's very weird. Uh, so we kind of agree on that. Um, so we're split on the first one, agree on this one. Next one, best multiplayer. So we have Back for Blood, Knockout City, It Takes Two, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, and Valheim. Um, this one is pretty straightforward for me. I think Valheim doesn't stand a chance. I think that was a flash in the pan. Um, not even close to what uh, Among Us or any of these other flash in the pan titles are. I just think most people even forget that game came out this year. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise, I don't... Though, you know, a lot of it has to do with multiplayer. If it's not going to, I think it's best chance is role playing game. I don't think it has a big chance in this. Knockout City, once again, I don't think, I think it was a nice story, but I don't think it was that high of quality. And same thing with Back for Blood. I think it was neat to see the Left 4 Dead developers make a spiritual successor, but upon release, it kind of came out like a wet fart, <laughs> unfortunately. You know, like it was okay, whatever. I think it really comes down to It Takes Two and New World for two different reasons. Uh, it Takes Two, obviously, is a co-optional game from uh, Joseph Ferris's team, which I can't remember the name of off the top of my head. Um, but it's Hazel his, his third game. Studios. Hazelight Studios. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, there, his, his, <laughs> it's his third shot at this, like, you know, co-op game where brother his first game, Brothers, was you control one person controlled both brothers with the sticks. His second game was uh, the, like, prison break game uh where it was way an out. online co-op split screen yeah way out so this is his third take it and apparently it's the best one i haven't had a chance to play it yet but everyone who does play it thinks it's phenomenal thinks it does a lot of good things in terms of innovative design for co-op games um so that's more of like a you know a co-op friend to friend experience whereas with new world it's the new mmo on the scene people are talking about it very rarely do mmos come onto the scene and take up this much uh headspace with people it has kind of died off over the last month with people talking about it, but I do think that people are satiated for a new experience. Like, obviously, we have Final Fantasy XIV, uh, and World of Warcraft is really dying down, um, thanks in large part to Blizzard's failings, both as a company and an employer overall. And uh, so, I don't know. I think people might be excited of, like, yo, New World is a good time this is the best multiplayer experience of the year because we don't really get MMOs like that, you know, often. Um, but at the end of the day, I got to put my money where my brain is, not my mouth. And uh, I'm going to go with It Takes Two. I think because it's so innovative, because this is Joseph Ferris, he's very likable. His studio makes high quality games. People want him to succeed, it feels like. And I do think he did succeed in a major way and his studio did. And uh, just like with New World being an MMO that we don't get that often, a co-op game that is excellent is not far too common either. And uh, I, I really think it's going to go to It Takes Two. I agree. I don't even think this is going to be a close one. Um, maybe New World gets a couple votes. But yeah, I think It Takes Two takes this pretty easily. Maybe Back for Blood gets a few votes too. But uh, I know a lot of folks had some some issues with that game being kind of too difficult and some things like that. But I, I was surprised that, and it, it is obviously a timing thing, but this would have been Halo Infinite's category to take. And part of me wonders if, uh, 
is probably like lo really low on the list of reasons it happened. But if this part of the reason that that multiplayer got came out earlier than scheduled was to try to get it out in time for the game awards, um, obviously if it's not like like I said, probably the lowest lower on the list of reasons they were able to do that. But it's a bummer that the timing worked out where that can't be included here because I would bet that that would be an easy Halo. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, uh. But yeah, I'd say it takes two because people. I haven't even played this either, but I'm I didn't even hear about it until like a month ago, and now it's yeah. People love that shit. So yeah, I I I really hope it wins, and I I do think it will just because of the competition there. Uh, next up, most anticipated game we have Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and Starfield. Um, for me, I think it's pretty easy that Elden Ring is going to win this. Uh, I think it's you know, very easy here. And I, I'll give you my reasoning. One, it's one of the only two games on this list with an actual release date, uh, which is Starfield and it both actually have release dates, which I think lends itself to being anticipated and being voted on because people have an expectation of when they're going to play this, uh, two, God of War Ragnarok. I think most people don't even think that game's coming out next year. If we're all being honest. I think most people are like, I don't want to get, I don't want to build up anticipation for a game. I don't think I'm even going to play in the next 12 calendar months. And with Horizon Forbidden West, I think it's that people just want it to come out. So I don't think it's as much anticipation as as it is like, I don't know, because that game's been delayed. We're, we're, it's the game we've seen the most of, I think. Honestly, for, well, maybe Elden Ring is now. For Horizon, it's I'm I'm super pumped for it. Don't get me wrong, but I think out of everything, it's the least new. Like it's doing from what we've yeah. seen. It's doing the least amount of new things, even though it's in a new location. That location is looked largely similar to the last one, and I'm not I'm not necessarily saying that's going to be a bad thing, but I'm sure there's going to be more that we haven't seen yet as far as diversity. But it just feels like, you know, it's it's more Horizon, and people are stoked for that. But Elden Ring is like, this is a very this is you know from software, a really beloved developer who has won an overall game award with uh, Sekiro, you know jumping into a whole open world and now we've seen a lot of it like kind of and i think that gives it the edge over breath of the wild which is what a lot of people are calling it. this is you know elden ring is dark souls meets breath of the wild right so i think to be honest i think i think i'm with you elden ring has the best shot well and also i think this one is the most heavily weighted with fan votes i believe uh and there's not a more voracious fan base than the uh uh from software fan base um so yeah i don't think it's really going to be a contest there um i would i would i would my might lean starfield if our last big bethesda game wasn't you know fall 76, fall 76. <laughs> yeah and another you know and without that and having been in the timeline i think starfield might be able to take this because you know we haven't had i guess fallout 4 was the last big bethesda game so I, and I think that's actually kind of a detriment to it too. Like that was a really hyped up game. And I think some people were a little let down by it. If this was coming off of Skyrim being the last, but that's the game, you know, then I think Starfield would be most anticipated easily. But yeah, this would be an interesting well, and one to see. To your point about new things, right? God of War Ragnarok is different than God of War in that the event of Ragnarok completely changes the landscape for that game, right? So it's very different, you know, aesthetically from top to bottom, even though it's a lot of the same locations, they look completely different because they've been ravaged by the storm that is Ragnarok. Horizon Forbidden West, like you said, very similar vibes, obviously different location, but it looks the same, which isn't a bad thing. That game's gorgeous, but yeah, it looks the same. Obviously, Breath of the Wild sequel is flipping everything on its head. Seems partially literally with that. Talked about Eldering, and then Starfield is, you know, Bethesda Softworks' first venture into space sci-fi. So, yeah, there's... It's it's a bummer for Horizon Forbidden West, but it is the least exciting. Honestly, partly, like, even if Spider-Man 2 is on this list, I think that wouldn't really have a high chance against Elden Ring just because it is, I don't know, that maybe that one's different because Spider-Man's, like, a huge property. But, you know, it's it's closer to Horizon than it is to Elden Ring because it's like, oh, yeah, it's a Spider-Man sequel. Um, next up, Best Independent Game. The uh, nominations are Death Store, Kena Bridge of Spirits, In Inscription, Loop Hero, and 12 Minutes. Now, this category has two games that I thought were snubbed a lot, which are Death Store and Loop Hero. I don't know if you remember me talking about Loop Hero at the beginning of the year. I love that game. 
uh, super good. I love the the overall game design of that game is something I haven't experienced before, and we've gushed about Death Store enough. Um, looking at the rest of these categories, twelve minutes is a joke that it's on here. I haven't played it yet, but <laughs> re be take ten seconds on the internet and understand that no one likes twelve minutes. Uh, there's no shot that that wins, there's, which is a bummer considering the performances in that game. There's a couple critics who really who liked it a bit, but most seem to really dislike it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Inscription is neat. Uh, if you're familiar with it, it's like a horror card game. It's very weird psychological horror to it. Um, I think that one won't win because of the horror elements of it, and I just don't think enough people are going to get around to voting for it and wanting to push it though it is it seems pretty innovative for its overall game design loop here i love it i just don't think it has a chance keen bridge of spirits seems like a, a pretty game that was a good first try but i don't know if quality wise if it hits the benchmark in my opinion from what i've seen and read of death's door um i do think because death's door was snubbed in so many other categories i think that it it wins here i think so many people who played Death Store love Death Store, and I think this this is literally their only chance to vote for it, and not that it doesn't deserve it, but I do think if you're looking at Death Store versus Keen Bridge of Spirits, and you're like, I don't know, it's so close between both of these games, I think a lot of people would lean towards voting Death Store because this is their only chance to vote for that game and show their support for it, you know? Um, so I'm, I think with my head and my heart, I'm going Death Store in this one for best independent game. Same here. Quick choice for both. That's what I want to win. Because, man, it was so good. And I do think it has the best chance out of out of what we're seeing here. And, yeah, there's some... Man, I'm going to have to think back. But there are some snubs here, potentially, too, out of this category. But I can't remember. But, yeah, I think Death Store has this one. Uh, next up, Best Art Direction. We got Deathloop, Kena Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clink Rift Apart, Artful Escape. If I'm being honest, this is the one I'm least confident in picking. Because I think literally all of these games have incredible art direction. Um, take two seconds to look up these games and watch gameplay of them. It's incredible. Uh, you know, Keener Bridge of Spirits looks like a Pixar movie. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is a Pixar movie. Uh, Deathloop is the most, I think, unique and focused for it looking a specific way, which may give it the leaning nod for art direction, right? Because that's what art direction is. And same thing with Psychonauts 2. I think Psychonauts 2 has a very specific art style and it sticks to it. And I talked to you about it. It's like that the Jim Henson meets uh, Tim Burton, right? It's a very yeah. unique aesthetic to it. A lot of the textures of the objects and clothing. Um, I my my heart would want Psychonauts two to win this, um, but I I think it really comes down to Deathloop or Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart for different reasons. One Deathloop with Arcane, I do think they went for a specific vibe and style to it, and that's clear throughout that entire game. It feels very much like that 80s blaxploitation um, vibe, you know, The and I, I don't know, it just seems very targeted for what it was going for. And with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, I think it came out and was the first true next-gen experience from top to bottom in terms of art direction, and for them to nail the graphic fidelity of that game is incredible. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Artful Escape got it too, just because it's so out of the box, but I think I'm going to say... Deathloop wins this one, partly because of the game of the year thing where, you know, I don't think it's going to win game of the year. So I think best art direction uh, or a category we'll get to later, but I'm going to go Deathloop here. Yeah, I I'm with you. I think the, I think originality, not that the aesthetic of Deathloop is purely original, obviously, but as far as video games, it's pretty damn original. There's not many video games that look and feel and sound like that. I think that plays a big role here. That's why, so that's why I don't think Ratchet and Clank is gonna win because it's exact. It's you know it's that Pixar movie and it and it does that yeah. so perfectly and sticks to that so well. But we've seen that a lot, maybe to slightly less degree, lesser in degrees of you know of um, quality. But I just feel like Deathloop is unique enough where it holds a, that has a strong chance. But I also think Kena Kena has a good chance here, especially because as I'm reading the description for the award uh you know outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation is where i think that specifically that animation part of it maybe kina kina keep saying it <clears throat> i think kina has a, a good chance based on that so i'm gonna finally 
veer and differ from your pick and say Cana Bridge of Spirits takes this one. I want to throw out one thing too. Psychonauts 2 was the highest reviewed new game this year, right? It's something that gets lost on a lot of people. And I do think that a lot of people are going to want it to win something. And when I'm looking at a lot of these other categories, game of the year, I would love it to win. I don't think it has a chance. Best game direction, I think it has a chance, but I don't think it will win. So coming down to best narrative, I don't think it'll win that either. Best art direction. If you're looking at those four categories and you're like, which one does Psychonauts 2 hold up closest against other competitors? I think best art direction is the one where it can stand toe-to-toe with anybody. Like, I think it has a case, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if Psychonauts 2 wins best art direction. I'm still going with Deathloop for winning, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is the award that Psychonauts 2 gets because I do think they want to reward it for being such a quality experience. And out of all of the categories it's in, it just seems like this is the one that seems the most likely or plausible. You know what I mean? So we'll see. Best up, best narrative. We got Deathloop, It Takes Two, Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvel's Gardens of the Galaxy, and Psychonauts 2. Why is Deathloop on this list? I don't understand. I haven't played this game, but no one talks about the narrative. I don't know. It's, it's very weird that that game is on this list. Um, it Takes Two, once again, I don't think people talk about the narrative of that game being the strength. I think it's the game design and level design of the co-op experience. That one's a, bit, a little bit strange. Um, I love Psychonauts 2. I think the story is good. Once again, it's not anything innovative or super crazy. It's a, a Saturday morning cartoon in the best of ways, um, but I don't think necessarily that pushes it to win best narrative. I really think this comes down to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy and Life is Strange True Colors. Um, and this is one of those things where, like, you know, if Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy wins action adventure, then, you know, I could totally see Life is Strange True Colors getting this. And I think they both could get it in different ways. As earlier I mentioned, Guardians kind of surprised a lot of people. And the narrative of that game, I think, is the strongest part. I think when you talk about that game and you hear people discuss their opinions of playing it, the negatives often come through the gameplay of like, oh, I don't like the combat system in it. I don't like doing this, doing that. Very rarely have I heard criticisms about the narrative of like, ah, they don't sound or play like the Guardians I know from the MCU films. I don't like the way they portrayed this character. Ah, the story was a little contrived. It was too comic booky or superhero-y. Like, no one really complains about that. The real complaints come with the combat, right? So, but I can totally hear, see this winning. But do you see or hear a lot of specific praise of the narrative or the characters for it? Yes. Actually, yes. I've heard plenty of people talk about, obviously there's some spoiler stuff, but I've heard people talk about the, the risks they take in terms of superhero storytelling in this game and the surprises they have. And... Uh, yeah, it, it caught me by surprise too, as well as this narrative was developed. Life is Strange True Colors, it seems like, you know, Life is Strange game or something similar comes out and, you know, usually wins an award or two. I haven't gotten to it yet. I want to get to it. But obviously, as with most Life is Strange games, uh, it reviewed very well and people loved it. I could totally see it winning. Um, and honestly, because I think Guardians can take some of these other awards, I think this is where Life is Strange True Colors gets the nod. And I'm going to say it wins best narrative. I actually think that, first of all, Deathloop, the narrative is just, it starts out really, really great. And then, it, until it just sucks. <laughs> Frankly. In my opinion, um, this is like putting a, a From Software game in best narrative. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mark the quality of the game in any way, but like, the narrative isn't the strength of that game, right? It's very weird. I don't know. Forget yeah, I mean, it... I think it it just it turns and it just, it ends so poorly. The last twenty five percent of the, that game, the narrative is just like ah, it doesn't come together. Basically, yeah. is what I can say. Um, and it, more than anything, like you can't have just half of a good narrative. You know, <laughs> you need to be top to bottom on that one. So I I do think uh, Psychonauts still I think has a chance here. Um, I think especially people, with the focus on mental health, I think that goes exactly. a long way. Yeah, and I. Th- like and I think what I talk like what we talked about how everything in the game is contextualized so well, I think people you know I think that's gonna contribute to the narrative you know what I mean, even if it's not necessarily like collecting the emotional baggage like I kept talking about like I think that kind of contributes to the narrative and how all the metaphors that that get used and I'm still not done with it but I've played some more since we last talked and the more I get through it, it's really surprising how cool the the characters are and like in the story and each 
it, it goes into these different topics, you know, briefly, like, you know, one section of a level is um, around gambling or different things like that or addiction. And <clears throat> I just think that that was, it, it works so well. And I think it's so cool. And even if that is technically maybe just as much gameplay as narrative, I think that's kind of what I want to win. Um, but that's also because I have not played Life is Strange yet. The more so you think... talk, <laughs> the more you talk, this could remember I was talking about with, with Art Direction is where I think Psychonauts has the strongest case. You're making me believe that maybe best narrative is where it has the best case to potentially win. <laughs> yeah. So, I was agreeing with you me. earlier on Art Direction, and now I'm talking myself in the narrative too, the more I think about it. like. I think, I think I like Psychonauts for this. I want it to win, and and I think it does. I think it takes narrative. I'm gonna go with it. Lock it in. Okay, we're splitting here too. I'm going Life is Strange. You're going Psychonauts. Dude, God, I hope it does. Nothing. It's Life is Strange. Just neither of us have played it. So we don't have a strong, you know, uh, dog in the fight. Uh, next up, best performance. Uh, we got Erica Mor- uh, Mori or Moray. Uh, she played Alex Chen in Life is Strange. Giancarlo Esposito in Far Cry Six. He played Anton Castillo. We had Jason Kelly, uh, Cole Van in Deathloop, Maggie Robertson, Alcina Dimitriscu in Resident Evil Village, which is, I think, a, a meme at this point. Azioma Akaga, Azioma Akaga, which who's Juliana Black in Deathloop. Uh, this category is a little bit weird in terms of the nominations. Nothing against either of the actors in Deathloop, but to the point of the narrative, I don't ever, I didn't really hear people talking about them being the strong, one of the strongest parts of the game. And it's weird to me that they had two nominations up here. Uh, same thing with Dimitriscu. It's funny. She's a big lady. Stomp on me, please. You know, all that stuff. All the, she all the meme like stuff. five lines in the game or something. I, whatever. Yeah. And you've played Psychonauts. And I would say that a lot, some of those characters have really good performances in it. And I, I would like to see at least one of those people get nominated uh, for this category. I'm trying to think of other games this year that came out. What you know, same thing with Halo Infinite is I wonder if that game would have been uh available. Um, the weapon who's the kind of the replacement for Cortana, the stuff I've seen with her so far is really good. It's really captivating. Obviously, no chance to be on here. You're the really the only one with experience on this outside of Dimitriscu because you played Deathloop and you played Far Cry Six. So I don't have any skin in the game. I'm just gonna go with actually I want to hear your case first. I'll go second on this one. I'm trying to like look through a list of other games that came out this year to see where the the snubs were, and oh, okay, certainly we probably could have had something from Twelve Minutes, right? Is it was that was that a miss maybe? Uh or, oh, one thing I uh I think somebody from Guardians should have been in this too. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, yeah. Okay, Giancarlo Esposito. Um, that's silly. He does a great job, but he's not he's doing the same performance he always does which is great but <laughs> yeah and it's not it's not a particularly interesting character in the game um i'm not i, I love him in there like but i i just don't see this this feels like he was marketed so heavily and it was a, such i don't know i don't want to let whatever lady dimitrescu that's that's silly because he's barely even in that game um but what, where I will refute you is both of the Deathloop actors are phenomenal. And they are actually... I didn't say they weren't. Let me clarify. I said I didn't hear people talk about them sure. being the strongest part of the game. So sure. I just yeah. throw that out <laughs> Not a refute, yeah, but yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll say that. They are what, to me, like really, very much carried, um, carried okay. that story. And their back and forth throughout that game is just, it's just excellent. I think, I wish that they could win this as a pair. Because one without the Ooh, other isn't yeah. really as good. But they they both work together really well. So, and, and I don't even know how to pick between them. Um, I'd probably go with go with Colt. Um, we just hear a bit more of him, and he's also the lead protagonist in the game, right? So, mm-hmm. plus it's it's pretty neat. I mean, he does uh, he he really works into the theme and the you know the aesthetic of the game too. He does a great job. Uh, and I'm just now learning his name, Jason Kelly. So yeah, that's who I think should and will win it jason kelly it's colt from death loop okay so hearing what you have to say i think it really comes down to erica mori from life is strange through colors and jason kelly because obviously she's the driving force of that game the the interesting thing is the little i know about life is strange true colors is that her powers have to do with emotion meaning that she probably has a large range of acting in that game right 
of having to give off these different emotions. And because the game has reviewed so well uh, with people, I'm assuming her performance is really well because in those type of narrative-driven games, they have to be good or else they're not good, right? The, the acting performance has to be good or else the rest of it falls apart. So to be different from you, because we have a lot of ties on this, of we're picking a lot of the same thing. So just for variation, I think Erika Mori wins uh, because maybe uh, Oziyama Kagi also being good takes away from Jason Kelly. Maybe they split the vote, right? Because people can't decide who to vote for. So I'm going to go with Erika Mori. That's my thought process. Uh, next up, best game direction. Uh, nominees are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Ripped Apart. Uh, this is a three-horse race for me. Deathloop, It Takes Two, and Returnal. Um, just because of the, the the category, game direction, right? Deathloop has a very interesting game direction and the game loop to it and the way you have to work your way through that game and take out all of the targets. I think that will get rewarded because they're reviewed very well and it's it's different in the way its whole game design is laid out, its structure. It takes two we talked about earlier. It's very innovative in the co-op space. I think it you know runs on all cylinders. The narrative seems to be the weakest part, but when it comes to game direction, I think they could look more towards the actual gameplay design of it. I do think it has a chance there. And then Returnal, which is obviously uh, a literal death loop game, right, where you're dying and doing these runs over and over again. I think the one weakness to it is A, it launching without being able to save. I think that frustrated a lot of people, and I don't know if people have gone back since and played it with the new save features and the updates. And two, because it released so so much earlier in the year, like It Takes Two, that might hurt it a bit as well. Um, this one's tough. I think I'm going to say, because I don't think Deathloop is winning game of the year, I'm going to go with Deathloop for best game direction. Um, I really do think it comes down to It and It Takes Two. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Deathloop. Yeah, so even before I read the description for this award, I was thinking Deathloop. And now as I read the description, which is, outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design that never has an award been so locked to a single entity than this award is to Deathloop because that's everything that Deathloop does incredibly incredibly well is described in in what this award is like to me it's it's not even like close um so like like you look at Psychonauts and Ratchet Clank are kind of not I don't it feels wrong to say they're lacking in creativity but <laughs> compared to when you're looking at game design and like direction compared like Deathloop is just takes it to a next level like the whole the way that game is set up the way it all comes together as far as game design I've talked about the narrative falls flat really bad but the structure of the the game itself works incredibly well and that's what makes it so cool and so good um I just think this is an easy one. And then Returnal, uh, you know, cool direction and design, but, like, we've had, um, you know, we have roguelites and stuff. that This doesn't change that formula too much, from what I understand. It just does it really, really well. Um, whereas I think Deathloop adds in so much more creativity to that same kind of recurring uh, loop gameplay. I just, yeah, I think this is Deathloop. It's what I, what I want it to be and what I think it will be. A shout out to Housemark. They seem like for a while they're almost about to go out of business, right? With their arcade games mm-hmm. and yeah. Returnal is a return to form for them, a Returnal ah. of sorts. Uh, game of the year. So we got Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts Two, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village. I'm gonna come out and be as blunt as possible. I don't think there's any shot Psychonauts Two or Resident Evil Village win this award. Unfortunately, I agree. Um, fortunately, I think It Takes Two has a fighter's chance, but I don't think it really does. I've been vocal throughout this whole thing that I don't think Deathloop wins game of the year. So when you do elimination, it really comes down to Ration and Clank and Metroid Dread. Now, I do think that both of these games have a really strong case for a couple of reasons. With Ration and Clank Rift Apart, I do think it's going to lose out in a lot of other categories to other games. But at the end of the day, what game of the year means to people means different things. And I do think for a collection of people, it does mean driving the industry forward. And out of all of these games, I do think Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart feels the most next gen, if that makes sense, in air quotes. So I do think that could totally be the symbol of 2021 and the next gen fully coming into fold 
and it could totally win this. It's not surprising to see a game kind of get locked out of other awards it's up for to only win game of the year, right? We've seen that before plenty of times. So to to get shut out in all these other awards, but win game of the year wouldn't be too shocking. With Metroid Dread, I do think nostalgia plays a huge factor in people. And I do think that there's going to be a lot of people who love that Metroid 2D is back in a strong way. I do think there's going to be a lot of people who grew up playing Metroid who don't care what newbies have to say about it being inaccessible to new players. They love the difficulty. They love the lack of uh, thought-out modern game design, in my opinion, from what I've read about Metroid Dread. Um, and that's another game that, like, I could just totally see them ushering in it as, a, you know, Metroid is back in a major way. It wins Game of the Year. Pretty tough. Uh, I don't want either of these games to win Game of the Year. I want Psychonauts 2 to win, <laughs> personally. <laughs> Uh, but if I had to put money down, I would honestly say it probably comes down to Deathloop, Metroid Dread, and Ratchet and & Clank. And I'm going to say that Metroid Dread wins Game of the Year. Which would be the least interesting one to me. I I want it to be Psychonauts 2, and if it's not, I would hope it's either Deathloop and Ratchet. Uh, just because Metroid is the one I'm most down on. I haven't played it, but just reading everything about it, I'm just not super impressed. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to say Metroid Dread wins Game of the Year. Yeah, to me, this is actually, and because it's that time of the year, I, I know I'm going to sound like one of those college football analysts when you're trying to decide who <laughs> belongs in the playoff. And like when you're making, when you're having one debate between two teams and you give a certain criteria is why one should, and then you go to a different set of teams and all of a sudden you abandon that same criteria. Different um, criteria. <laughs> so I feel like I'm kind of doing that here, but I, I think Deathloop actually wins. Um, Every time I've looked at this list, I, I, I just don't see, I don't know. I just, it's, I would, yeah, Resident Evil was an easy out for me. Um, and even Ratchet and Clank, I think a lot in part because of what you mentioned earlier, that the conversation about it kind of just fell off quickly. Um, yeah, off it was kind of just, yeah, like, yeah, this is a great game. It's Ratchet and Clank. And that was the end of it. Um, I don't remember hearing too much about like being overly, new and creative and innovative outside of you know oh there's an ssd so we can jump between worlds really fast that that that, that whole feature which was so like talked about before the game came out kind of that whole conversation disappeared um and i do think it comes down to Deathloop and metroid and i think like enough people i, I think Deathloop just had a wider appeal whereas metroid yeah there's some hard more hardcore um nintendo or metrovania fans that really are into that and like you said are, are stoked that it's back in a big way but i think like some of the things i heard about that game where it's like you just never know where to go and, and especially yeah. in a 2d metroidvania game it's like what like this isn't 1990 something where i'm playing castlevania or you know and it's like this is 2021 and we need some quality of life you know there's certain things that in game design that we've just evolved to be better than and there's some arguments where certain old school things are cool too but there's just i don't know some that that kind of throws me off and i think enough critics seem to mention that whereas even though i here's where I, i'm a hypocrite even though i talked about how the narrative in death loop really falls flat at the end i didn't hear that from enough critics like maybe one or two i remember talked about that but i and, I, and i'm surprised that <clears throat> that wasn't given as more of a con to it because it personally is for me. Um, but yeah, so I do think Deathloop wins. I'm with you though. I wish Psychonauts could win. I just, it's it's hard for me to see it. Um, that's my favorite so far. And I'm not even done with the game. I'm probably only like a third of the way through. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wish, I hope Psychonauts can, can pull it out, but I just think Deathloop does it. I just wanted to win one award, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I just hope it gets some sort of recognition. Me too. Um, it's going to be funny if Deathloop wins because there will be a Xbox-published game that wins Game of the Year, and it's not even on Xbox platforms until next year, Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. That, that which is great like marketing weird, weird. Be, be for them, too, next year. Yeah. You know, Game of the Year coming to Game Pass. Uh, that's it for the predictions. We'll see who wins, who doesn't. Some fun little diversions in terms of picks there and some where we are on the same page as we often are with a lot of things. Let's get into these predictions. We're going to go back and forth on these. We're going to give three. Uh, these are specifically focused to game reveals, re-reveals. They could even be like 
we see gameplay of this game for the first time, you know, just game related stuff. We're not talking about, hey, is the Shick Man going to be there on stage? Which is such a weird advertising thing when it was like a living razor. Anyways, my first one, I'm going to go with uh, what I think is a softball, which is Starfield. I think we see gameplay for this game for the first time. Uh, recently, they released a developer diary, uh, number one of what seems to be a series of developer diaries. Todd Howard teased the fact that this game is going to have two wow reveal moments where most Elder Scrolls games have the one, you know, you're opening the vault in Fallout, you're escaping from whatever jail you're in in an Elder Scrolls game. They said this one's going to have two reveals, which I thought was cool. The timing of releasing that developer diary seems like it's building hype for something. Um, and uh, yeah, I th just think it's time with Starfield coming out less than a year now, Dom. We're 11 months or so from the release, hopefully, of Starfield. I don't think it gets delayed just because they did it so far in advance. It's one of those things where I think this game could potentially release in spring of next year, but they're just like, let's put that gap there just in case anything happens and we'll just release it then. So yeah, I think we see the first gameplay of Starfield because we've only seen like concept art and like cinematic stuff. That's my first prediction. That's a good one. I didn't even have that on my list, but I think I think you're right. There's a they've been showing a lot and they've been talking about it a lot lately. Might be onto something here. Um, I'm we're seeing predict... some Xbox exclusive. I don't know which one. My money's on Starfield. We're seeing one. <laughs> so with that in mind, I'm gonna pick what I think <laughs> is probably also on your list, and I'm gonna sweep out from under you. We're gonna see Hellblade two. My man's. I didn't um, even think about this. Great call. Yeah. Yeah. I, there, I don't know if, I don't think there's any like, you know, well, well trusted rumors, but there's some chatter. There's some chatter out there. Um, just channeled my inner Huber right there somehow. But yeah, I think we, we saw that awesome trailer. Was it two years ago now? First trailer we saw for this game or a year and a half, long time ago. And we haven't seen much since. They talked about it a little bit, I think, but there's not there's not been a lot. I think I think this shows we get a good trailer, some gameplay, and I think it really emphasizes, yo, know, on Series X, this this shit's gonna look good. This is gonna be cool. Um, Two years because we got it this literally the same game awards as the Xbox Series reveal. Okay, the same yeah, show. So, yeah. So it was. I thought. Okay, good. Yeah. So that I think is the Xbox exclusive that we see. <laughs> Yeah, I, I we're on the same page. I don't even think of Hellblade, and that makes a lot of sense too, especially with the the development of that game. Um, yeah, because it's weird. The next prediction I want to make comes into this. Jeff made this quote of "We've been working with the developer for two and a half years for this reveal," which is weird because that could be a lot of different things. It could be Starfield. It could be Breath of the Wild two. It could be uh, Hellblade. A lot of stuff. One thing that was announced about two and a half years ago was that they were working on a brand new Bioshock game. And funny enough, would you believe it, Dom, in the last week or so, a bunch of these rumors have been sparking up that the running title for this new Bioshock game is Bioshock Isolation, which is a dope name, by the way. And it's uh, that's its rumored title, and it's going to be taking place in a dystopian city. Now, 2K is coming off of uh, some awful news with the GTA remasters as a parent company, right, with how poorly those are handled. And what better way to get in the good graces of gamers than to reveal the brand new Bioshock game? So that's my second prediction. We're seeing the next Bioshock, whether it's called Bioshock Isolation or not. We're seeing that bad boy. I don't know to what extent. At the very least, a logo or something or a new Bioshock is in development. But we're getting confirmation of a new Bioshock to some extent. Yeah, I uh, I was reading into some of that too. And oh <laughs> man, I, I want this so bad. This would be so cool. Um, so I hope you're right. <clears throat> I'm going to veer off track a little bit. And my next prediction is that we see a trailer, not for a game, but for a certain upcoming HBO series, which, as far as I understand, has recently been done filming. I might be wrong. But nonetheless, oh, we're going to see a trailer <laughs> for The Last of Us HBO show, Jared. It's going to happen. Well, and the fact that PlayStation probably wants to be at the Game Awards to some extent. I don't know if they'd want to show another trailer for God of War Horizon. So mm -hmm. the best way to satiate their fan base, let's give you a trailer for one of the most anticipated shows. It's a good and call. I, think, I like that. And I thought about, well, well, we'll just get another Uncharted movie trailer. But I, that to me, the 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 grandiose kind of Hollywood action 
thing they're going for with that movie, which I'm not fully into. You know, I just it feels like they wouldn't do that here, where The Last of Us, you know, in its HBO series, that just feels a little bit more niche almost, or a little bit more like yeah, they might show that first at a at a game show instead of This is for gamers, yeah. Exactly. So that's other that's thing my thinking. <laughs> I don't know if you saw what they announced a new presenter at the Game Awards this year, Simu Lu, who's the actor who portrays Shang Chi in Shang Chi, the Marvel film, right? Mm. Obviously Hollywood star, huge gamer, great in Kim's convenience on Netflix. Please watch that show. It's so good. It's a comedy sitcom featuring a Korean family. So good. Um anyways, he's presenting. And a lot of times what Jeff likes to do is he likes to have people from certain mediums or jobs present things that are similar to what they do. So with Simu Lu being there, I could almost guarantee we're going to see something that's not a video game reveal. So whether that's Uncharted or Last of Us, and I do think Jeff understands that Last of Us would be a bigger pop at a show. Honestly, I think a new Uncharted trailer wouldn't play all that well, especially right. considering how well the first trailer did with fans. So uh, good call. Uh, my third one. There's a game, a horror franchise, that had a new release come out this year. It's nominated for a bunch of awards. It's been a while since we knew what's coming next for this series. But strangely enough, we keep seeing these leaks of these concept arts for uh, this remake to this really beloved classic that came out on the GameCube and other platforms. And that's Resident Evil 4. And I do think we see the first glimpses of the Resident Evil 4 remake. I think that gets a huge pop. I think it's a great marketing team up with, you know, Resident Evil Village being in the award show and nominated for so many things. I think that would be a huge pop. And Jeff loves to have those, oh my God, it's happening moments. And as much as I would love to see a Bioshock, and I think that'll get a pop or even Starfield gameplay, I think Resident Evil 4 remake reveal would be huge. And I know Jeff wants to see those reactions on YouTube and Twitter and Twitch. So that's my third prediction. That's a really good one because... If you look at the cadence of, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I've got to be close to right. We've had a new Resident Evil game almost every year for the past couple of years, right? Eight, or rather Village this year. And then last year, you know, we had the remake of three. Um, remake of two, I think, was the year before that. And then seven before that. I'm, I'm probably getting a little bit mixed up. We've had a lot of good Resident Evil games coming out on a close to or maybe annual basis. And... uh and we usually know about the next one before the year the current one released yeah. came out, if that makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. And so we're obviously running out of time this year before we actually we know Resident Evil 4 is being remade, but yeah, we've not seen it yet. So that's a good pick. That's a good prediction. Um, Man, so I did have one prediction that spoiled itself. Luckily, earlier today, I was going to say we're going to get a release date for the Kingdoms of Amalur DLC, which is like a weird specific thing that wouldn't be a huge pop, but they announced it already this morning. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I got lucky there. Um, but for my last one, it's tempting. I was, you know, I was tempted to be naive and say, maybe we'll see some Bloodborne definitive edition. For, yeah, no, that's not happening. Get out of here. Um, but <laughs> I will stick with the, the more niche thing, maybe not the huge pop, because the other thing I don't want to do is make all these awesome giant predictions that, like, if they all happen, it would just be so unrealistic for all these giant cool crazy things but i do think we'll see is a trailer for a sequel to dragon's dogma so the i think it'll I think it'll be just called two i think we'll get a proper two at the end of it um i might be wrong on some of the details but i'm pretty sure they've confirmed that this is being made a while back um from capcom and and it just feels like something else that that will go well in, in the game awards uh show here to, to reveal because they love their, you know, world premieres um, when they can get them. And this isn't like, obviously, this isn't the same as, you know, a new Bioshock game, the same level as that. Um, so I feel like I wanted to something cool and new, but maybe a tad more realistic. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with we're going to see some a good trailer, no gameplay, but just, a, you know, a cool trailer for Dragon's Dogma 2. Do you have enough for a fourth and a fifth prediction or no? Because I have a couple, but I want us to have even. Do you have enough for a fourth one at the very least? <laughs> not not realistically. Um. Okay, so I'm going to throw out two, and they're not going to count. Okay? okay? I'm just going to throw these out there. 
I do think we live in a world where it's possible we see Monster Hunter World 2. I think oh, it's, it's yeah. a very much in line to see that not be a huge pop. And there's a little developer in Japan who has a good friendship with the leader of this show that everyone's been waiting to see his new game that apparently is in collaboration with Xbox. Oh, and that's a man by the name of Hideo Kojima. And I could totally see us seeing the next game from Hideo Productions or Kojima Productions, Hideo Productions, uh, Kojima Productions. So totally plausible there as well. I'll, okay. Do you want to mention? Yeah, I'll give you two more. Um, just because, uh, so this is another one that's going to kind of contradict a previous one. If I'm correct, and we do see Hellblade 2, then that makes this unlikely, but it would be so cool to see the new Fable. Um, oh, God, yes. <laughs> but it, I, but I just don't see Xbox coming out with both of those, the kind of both heavier hitter, hitters. Um, Who knows, man? With Xbox, you, you can know. never count it out, especially right in the high of fours <laughs> as well, of like, hey, man. Yeah, I don't know. That could totally happen. I'm with you. I was going to include a Fable prediction, but because I have Starfield, I didn't. Right exactly. I didn't want to go too heavy on all Xbox stuff, but the reality is they have a ton of talented studios now. So exactly. Not and plenty of things they need to show. So, Yeah. Um, and lastly, I'm going to twist your one of your predictions a little bit. I don't think we see uh, Kojima's new game, um, but I do think... He, and I'm going to be specific here, he is part of the show himself via video call. I think we get like a, not video call, like a live call, but I think he, you know, we get a, you know, a, a clip of him talking about what he's doing next in really vague terms that amount to nothing meaningful to us. But, he, you know, he jokes with, with, with Jeff or something stupid. We see Kojima and he says words to us. Um, but he doesn't announce a game. Lame prediction, I know, but for some reason, I just see it coming out that way. You know how on... Uh, you watch Sunday Night Football from time to time, right? Yeah, sometimes. You know at the beginning of the game, my, Al Michaels is sitting up there talking to the camera, and then Chris Collinsworth slides in from the side of the camera, right? He slides into frame. <laughs> how funny would it be if Kojima's on camera talking to Jeff, and out of nowhere, Phil Spencer slides onto screen next to him to announce the partnership? That'd be crazy. Never so, happened, yeah. but that'd be cool. Something like that would be cool. A, a better prediction probably would have been like, but it's too easy, too much of a softball of we're going to get, you know, some kind of celebrity in the gaming world appearance, you know, whether it's Phil or Kojima or, you know, um, well, actually, I think we already know that Reggie's going to do something. Um, fils a from previously from Nintendo. I don't know exactly what I got to double check that, but anyway. Uh, those are predictions. Hopefully some of them come true. Hopefully all of them come true. And uh, before we close out here, we're running a little long, so we're not going to have time to talk about what we've been playing. We'll get to that next week. But I wanted to mention, I just came up with a list. Uh, gameplay that would be dope to see at the Game Awards, Dom, okay? Ten games. One, Redfall mm -hmm. from Arcane. Two, Breath of the Wild sequel. Three, that Cuphead DLC expansion that's kind of gone quiet. Yes. <laughs> Metroid Prime 4. Kind of a re-reveal. Heck, even the trilogy remaster or whatever that we think yeah. is going on. Uh, Fable, which you talked about. Perfect Dark, which is farther away than Fable, but who knows. Uh, uh, Play, Dead, uh, Play Dead Games, next game. Which is obviously Inside and Limbo. Uh, Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. We haven't seen any gameplay for that. Dragon Age 4. Which I think is totally possible. One we didn't talk about, which is the next Bioware game, Hollow Knight Silk Song. I was, oh, I was assuming that was on the list. If not, I was gonna jump in with it. <laughs> and uh, anything Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is weird because they have that announcement a couple of days after, and what is that gonna mean? And who knows? Um, but yeah, it's an exciting time. Uh, when is the, when are the Game Awards? Are they the ninth? Dude, I was wondering that same thing. I'm on the website. I think they're the ninth. So yep, you're we're right. probably going to have to try to record Friday next week if we can, because the show's going to be at night, obviously. So I want to get to our predictions and see how everything rolled out. Um, it's exciting stuff. Uh, I love the game awards. Um, you know, seeing games win awards is cool, but it's really the game reveals and the whole Jeff's done a good job of building it into an event that I love to watch every year, which I can't really say the same for any other medium. Like I don't watch the Grammys. I don't watch the Oscars. 
just because those have become so far away from the actual art of the thing that they're giving awards to, right? It's way more political and all this other stuff. I don't know. Uh, with game awards, it's still pure in a certain aspect. Obviously, they have the ads because they got to pay the bills, but it is unique in that. Correct me if I'm wrong. We don't get like movie trailers at the Oscars, right? Like premiere movie trailers. I don't think so. Nothing. Nothing. To yeah. This, the scale that we usually get at game awards for sure. I do think there's been precedent that people have dropped a new single at the Grammys. I think that has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, like a new song is different because you can just go and listen to it on Spotify. I don't know. I think the the Game Awards is super special in this way, and uh, I'm so excited, and I can't wait to see what gets revealed because there's so many possibilities, Dom. And that's the beauty of it is there's so many different things that can get us excited. You're not specifically waiting for this one thing, right? We Hell, there could be a prediction we didn't even think of that happens that we're talking about next week on the podcast. Like, oh, my God. It's awesome. Great stuff. Um, anything you wanted to say about the Game Awards for a closeout? No. No. Um... Let's see some cool games. Win some awards. Have fun. Let's go exactly. Let's go Psychonauts. God, I hope it wins something. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys next week when we cover what happened at the Game Awards. Talk about whether our predictions were right or wrong. Who got the most right in terms of predicting who was going to win. And if Dom and I have our hearts broken and the games we want to win, at least one award, don't. We'll see you guys then. Thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on YouTube. Search Control. The interest will pop right up. Hit subscribe so you never miss a video. Like the video. If you like it, dislike it. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think deserves to win Game of the Year. If you want to, you can also go over to Twitter. I'm at Jared Weich. That's my full name. J-E-R-R-A-D-W-Y-C-H-E. Dom is at Dom Kenobi, but the O in OB is the number zero and not the letter O. Collectively, we are at C-T-R-L-I-N-T. It's controlled interest abbreviated. We're on Instagram, if that's your preferred social media. We're on Spotify, iTunes, all of that stuff. Check us out. Just search controlled interest. We'll pop right up. Inching ever closer to 250 episodes, Dom, which is crazy. <laughs> when we started this, 250 was a pipe dream. Um, awesome stuff. We'll catch you guys next week. See you then. Bye.